0: Go Weekly, Money Get Free Kids. Five around boats and five legged goats. CommuniCore Weekly,
1: you might catch some freaking. You waited all week, I'm sure you already know this the greatest on
0: my show. Hello and welcome to CommuniCore Weekly. I'm George and I'm Jeff. Did you know that D23's uh, Fan Anniversary actually stole their name from our uh, five week anniversary show? Step,
1: we trip, we
0: Members of Disney's D23 have often lamented the fact that all of their events take place in either Anaheim or Orlando. Disney fans are worldwide, and not many folks are able to take advantage of these events due to their location. Luckily, D- D23 took these complaints about the lack of events elsewhere to heart, and put together the D23 Faniversary Event, a traveling road show, if you will, celebrating the various things celebrating an anniversary this year. I was lucky enough to catch it in New York City on May 22nd. Thankfully, D23 realized how many fans they have in the Tri-State area, and scheduled two shows back-to-back to make sure as many people as possible could come see it. I signed up for the later of the two shows and wound up arriving at the Cherry Lane Theater much earlier than expected. However, I wasn't alone, which was good, because I uh, made a lot of new friends and uh, even met a few Communicore Weekly fans, which was pretty cool. What? Yeah, it was bizarre. We actually have people that watch the show, aside from our parents and, you know, significant others.
1: And all my co-workers. And your
0: co-workers. Weird. Anyway, so... When the earlier show came out the exit doors with these huge smiles on their faces, all of us standing outside waiting knew we were going to see something special. And shortly after that, those of us waiting filed into the theater and we took our seats. The show was hosted by Walt Disney Archives director Becky Klein and D23's Disney geek Jeffrey Epstein, which, you know, admittedly, that was pretty cool to see the two of them hosting the show. Throughout the next hour and a half, they took us through a journey of all the things that were celebrating milestone anniversary this year, like uh, Oswald's birthday, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Goofy's birthday, and much more. We were treated to never before seen and rare sights, such as animated pencil tests from one of Oswald's or- original shorts, uh, Harum Scarum, and an unused song from Bambi that featured raindrops singing about how much they loved falling to the ground, which is kind of weird in a way. Very um, weird. Yeah. I won't lie. Uh, it, it, was, it was pretty okay. neat to see a lot of that, that stuff that they showed us. Uh, a lot of it was recently discovered at the Disney Archives and probably won't be seen by the general public for quite a while, if at all. Uh, and it was a cool little peek behind the curtain of the Walt Disney Company. I did have a few minor problems with the show itself, like how Becky and Jeffrey read off their scripts for most of the night, when I'm sure they could have sprouted off a lot of that information off the top of their heads, but overall, I, I really enjoyed myself and I really hope that Disney continues to do things like this for its D23 members. D23's been around for a few years now, and I don't think they, they quite get still how to approach the online fan community, but this was definitely a step in the right direction for them. Also, this fan anniversary event was, uh, it was pretty limited in the areas that it visited, and uh, they only hit major city areas, like New York City obviously, which it makes sense because there are a lot of Disney fans. But there's still a lot of Disney fans who don't live close enough to these places to make it out to these things. So I hope they really start to do other events nationwide and, uh give some more D23 members to see some of this cool stuff. Like in, oh. I don't know, North Carolina North or something.
1: North Carolina, I was just about to say, yeah, I would definitely love to see... Uh, some d23 stuff happened did you think the uh, price to get in was pretty reasonable
0: i mean yeah i mean it was 18 dollars to get in for d23 members and considering you know our my gold membership to d23 pretty much covers my subscription to the magazine anyway Mm -hmm. you know 18 bucks wasn't a bad price it was it was pretty decent i enjoyed it
1: oh that's not bad not bad at all and uh, i'm assuming they said no uh recording of any type. Yeah, no
0: recording. No, they even told us to, to turn our phones off, so even if we were texting somebody, they wouldn't mistake us for taking a picture or something. Because a lot of this stuff was sensitive material that wasn't seen outside the archives, and uh, you know they were, they were handling some stuff literally with with gloves on because you you can't <laughs> touch it. So it was it was still pretty cool, and I I definitely recommend somebody seeing a D twenty three event if it comes to their area.
1: Well, it sounds like we've got some more bonus Blu ray. Uh, material coming out for the next release of Bambi. exactly
0: to listen up to the words from his. Ah! It's George's book of the Week.
1: It's rare to get a good book that's gripping and takes a look into the human condition. It's even rarer to have that same book centered in a Disney theme park. Leonard Kinsey, the author of The Dark Side of Disney, has published his latest book called Our Kingdom of Dust. It follows the story of Blaine, a young man who has run into some difficulties in life. In order to relive some of his better days, Blaine packs up his life and heads to the place of his happiest childhood memories. During the journey, he discovers that things in life change, and he meets a group of characters that will ultimately change him.
0: What really struck me about the book was how real everything felt. Leonard did an amazing job of not just describing a place that we all know and love, but he also populated it with these characters that seem like they could be people that we know. A few are based on real Disney personalities, but he altered them just enough to make them his own. Leonard really made a name for himself in the Disney community with his first book, The Dark Side of Disney, the alternative travel guide to Walt Disney World. But while some folks took it uh, as an offense to their pixie-dusted kingdom, most saw it for what it was, a way to experience a place we all love. In a way that we never thought of before and in his debut novel here you know his writing is fantastic and he really knocks it out of the park
1: yeah i i enjoyed it leonard did a great job really in keeping the park geography accurate it seems like every other novel that i've read that takes part in a theme park it takes part in or takes place in one it really compromised the parks in the geography for the story, you know, which is a big no-no for theme park nerds. I don't know how many times I've yelled at the book going, or not this book, but other books going, no, this could never happen. You can't get from the Magic Kingdom to the Morocco Pavilion in five minutes. Sorry. Um, still, my theme park nerdiness aside, <laughs> yeah, i got to pull that aside occasionally, Leonard presents a gripping page turning, an extremely humorous story. There were parts where I laughed out loud, and, and parts where I sat in stunned silence, not believing the twists that he put forward in the story. I,
0: I really think the best way to describe this book is like a Chuck Palahniuk novel, but high on pixie dust, because exactly, that's, that's what it is, and not like some of his newer stuff, but like his older, really good stuff, that those Chuck Palahniuk books. Now, a lot of people frown upon it because it looks at some of the negative aspects of life at Walt Disney World, but it stays true to the human condition. These are real people, and these are real situations that can and probably have happened before, especially at Walt Disney World. Now, And much like Dark Side of Disney, if you're offended that anything bad can ever happen at the Magic Kingdom, then this book is not your cup of tea. But if you take a break from that stance, you'll find that this novel is a really enjoyable read and I highly, highly recommend you check it out. What do you think, George?
1: Well, I think the best thing about the book is that two people, I'm not gonna name names, that we both know uh, were asked to write blurbs for the book.
0: Yeah, two people, their, their names rhyme mm. with Norge, Haler and Beth Mimebuck.
1: Wow, that was, I wasn't even gonna give them that much information, I was hoping they'd buy the book. And then see who is on the blurb. And then Leonard would give us that kickback. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about the kickback, are we? What kickback, George?
0: Oh, never mind. Way to ruin it. Thanks. Great. Anyway, buy the book. It is really good. All, all joking aside, it is a fantastic <laughs> book. And uh, if you guys can take a little bit of snark with your Disney, which you obviously do because you listen to us, then you should definitely <laughs> check out this book.
1: Here's another minute that you can't get back. It's the. I've missed out on Narcoossee's at the Grand Floridian on most of my trips for many reasons, including being too busy and not wanting to drag my kids to somewhere that fancy. Jeff, have you ever eaten there? Nope. Too fancy for me. Ah, And plus, they they don't let you uh, visit any sit-down restaurants at the Magic Kingdom or... The restaurants will. We'll talk oh, about that later. They
0: don't accept quick serve credits, so why would I go there? <laughs> why would
1: they go there? Anyways, <laughs> Narcusis sits by the pier at the Grand Floridian, and if you've ever taken the monorail or the water launch, then you've seen this gorgeous octagonal building. You enter a small waiting area with restrooms. We love the restrooms. Obviously. And a doorway to a porch that wraps around the building. The restaurant is decorated in muted blues and greens and wraps around the wine bar and the kitchen area. Narcusi serves fresh seafood, including their famous crab cakes and steamed mussels, as well as a good steak. And as is the case at most Disney signature restaurants, portions aren't very large, so you'll want to order an appetizer. And the desserts are inventive and flavorful. Narcusi's is a kind of place that's grown up enough for a date night, but relaxing enough that parents with the younger kids won't feel out of place. Most tables have a nice view of the Seven Seas Lagoon. Tables closer to the windows, of course, will enjoy the fireworks view. As can be expected, the service was top-notch and the kitchen easily handled the differences in everyone's orders. Um, although you, you might want to take a look at the menu online before you visit
0: because the entrees uh,
1: did range between $30 and $80 a piece.
0: $80 is probably about $75 out of my price range.
1: Uh, basically, Jeff, you're on the, uh, a Day meal plan?
0: Yep. I go for the Kinsey Fries whenever I go to Walt Disney World. And where can you read about the Kinsey Fries? In the Dark Side of Disney by Leonard Kinsey. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. (laughs)
1: Jeff, you know everybody's got a laughing place, right? Well...
0: Yeah, but what does it have to do with this week's five-legged goat?
1: I'm glad you asked. Splash Mountain happens to be one of the best attractions of Walt Disney World.
0: Aside from, you know, the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean and the People Mover and the Carousel of Progress.
1: Well, yeah, of, of course, but the five-legged goat is about Splash Mountain this week. Anyway... Uh, the, the five-legged go for this week happens to be in the Splashdown Photo area of Splash Mountain. You know, it's the place where you can purchase your drop photos. You're going out with your arms raised your and your eyes covered. And be screaming. And screaming like a girl. Not there's anything wrong with that. No, no, uh, no, not at all. Splashdown Photo has a lot of photographic equipment and chemicals lining the walls. Most people rush through this area to get to their next ride. But if you take a few seconds to enjoy the details, you'll notice a bottle on one of the shelves marked with a big H and a little e, (laughs) he he, basically, and the words laughing gases with the number 105, which took me many years to figure out what the 105 actually meant.
0: Yes, well, this is obviously a reference to laughing gas, but allow me to enlighten you about the 105. Please do. See, the 105 actually stands for the 105% concentration that is needed to induce general anesthesia with nitrous oxide. Thank you very much, working in a hospital. Well, thanks so much for watching. Be sure to leave us a comment here or rate us on iTunes. And email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. And make sure to follow both of
1: us on Twitter at imagineearning and at Jeff Heimbuck.
0: I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we're from Mice Chat. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly. Squatching it.